T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dukes and Bell, Mark Zeno in for Mike. Lots of great discussion today. We did Ritter or, if you missed it, and uh, Mark laid out some quarterbacks that could be on the move. And would you take that quarterback over over Desmond Ritter based on what we know? Uh, we're going to get back into our Hawks conversation as well coming up. 5 o'clock, Arthur Smith will be here. Right now, let's talk to the voice of our Atlanta Falcons. His name is Wes Durham. And, Wes, first of all, happy holidays, man, to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Um, I, I know you'll be working uh, on Saturday on Christmas Eve, which is kind of unusual. I mean, you know, considering we got football on Christmas Eve and actually Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They mix this up pretty well and then throw the Jags and Jets on Thursday night, right? The yeah. NFL stops for no holiday, my man. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they find they find a way to run them out there every week. And, and uh, no, it's, it's going to be really interesting because with a lot of games on Saturday, especially given some of those playoff scenarios, um, you know, this could, this could get a little interesting for the old National Football League, not to – not to say you're going to have meaningless games, Carl, but you potentially could walk yourself to meaningless games here down the road. Mm. Wes, let me ask you in reference to Desmond Ritter. Um, you, you know, you can't evaluate what you don't see, and I don't want to evaluate his ability to hand the ball off 39 times in a game. I need to evaluate what he can do as a quarterback. Do you think it's fair to ask right. – that, I mean, is, is it fair that Arthur Smith should try to open things up a little more? Like, if you were judging a broadcaster who never said anything, you'd be like, dude, I don't, I don't know how to judge you because you haven't said anything. We don't know what he's doing because we're not watching him do anything. Well, I mean, we saw him throw it 26 times, right? Uh, we saw Tyler Algier have a career day. And, you know, we basically saw the first phase of Desmond Ritter's professional career as a starter. Um, I think there's a lot of growth that can take place. Um, you know, the the one you know tough deal at the end of the game, you know, was a ball that uh, Justin Evans knocked out and Bradley Roby recovered, but elsewise was getting ready to be a fourth down and put you in pretty good shape to have a legitimate chance to go win it. Here's the here's the thing I don't want to do. I want to rush to judgment based on the fact they didn't win the game. Okay, that's the part I, I don't want. Desmond Ritter's progress as a quarterback in this in this world he's now living in, we cannot base on win or lose. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we can, but I don't think it's fair to no, base it, it on. Yeah, I mean, and so let's look at some of the athleticism that he shows. Let's look at some of the, as Dave said, the in the pregame, the ability to get in and out of plays. Um, mechanically, where is he? Does he throw a ball that's catchable? Does he? 
uh, to me, he shows good leadership. He showed good leadership at Cincinnati. He's carried that over. I think the process that got him to Sunday, and I think I said this to you guys last week, Carl, I think that process and logic with Arthur Smith and Terry Fondo and Dave Ragone and Charles London was sound all the way through. But I also believe, too, that we saw some good things that you could build on uh, when we saw him play Sunday as the starter of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, is he going to go play a group that's pretty good on this Saturday? Absolutely. He's going to play a Super Bowl champion coach with a defense that is third in the league against the run, but they're 25th against the pass, but they're 10th overall. Okay, and they're a little bit like Atlanta, although they're probably in a position where they've got to. Atlanta's got to win out and hope people lose, and the Ravens can win, and then you know get a break here or there, and probably be in pretty good shape. But nonetheless, I think we see another phase of Desmond Ritter. I'm not ready to make any kind of grand statement about Desmond Ritter as the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons after 60 minutes in New Orleans for sure. Wes, how difficult do you think it was for Frank Bush to take over for Dean Pease under those circumstances? Look, it's one thing when you know and you've got a week yeah. and the guy is out. You're on the field and this crap happens, and now it's like, hey, yeah. Frank, you're calling, a, you're calling defensive shots. I just thought it, it, it was a weird start to the game for us. Yeah, and, and look, that could be some of it too, Carl. And I, you know, you guys have coach on top of the hour. He'd be the one to probably say yay or nay or nothing to that. I mean, I don't know. But I've got to believe that there was some sort of adjustment that had to take place. I mean, number one, you're worried about the person who's your friend, most of all, not alone, let alone the defensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. He's a guy you spend a lot of time with, and he's a terrific guy, as we all know. And, you know, so you're, you're, you don't know, and you try to process that and move forward. Oh, by the way, here's the game. Um, and I think that makes it difficult. But, yeah, I'm certain that it impacted at least a few minutes or so of the last 45 before the ball game started, no question. Wes, when you look at the defense, you know, Dukes and I were talking about this earlier in the week. Yeah, they're only giving up 19, 20 points a game, and we should expect them, you know, to be able to score 23, 24 and win some more of these things. But yet still, it's tough when your defense puts you in an early hole because not that it necessarily changes your offensive game plan, but, you know, chasing is difficult in the NFL. It's hard to catch teams unless, of course, you're the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but that is, well, aside, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things. That where was good. Like, I, I, as soon as you get down 14 nothing, you know, you feel like there's so much more pressure on the offense to perform. I agree. I think that that is one of the things that has been difficult for this team to do and Sunday's just an example, Mark, of what happened in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Um, in week two against the Rams, what happened against Tampa, okay, earlier in the season. You know, you fall behind, you put yourself in a – the percentages go way down. We all know that. I, and, Carl, how many times have I talked about the imperative start that the team has to have, right? Yep. I mean, for me, Atlanta has to play strong up front, and they have to play strong up front, you know, from the jump. And, and by that, I think they have to almost dictate tempo. Um, and I'll feel that way about Saturday, whether Lamar Jackson or Johnny Unitas is quarterback in that team in Baltimore. I mean, they have to find a way to kind of play that game to their style. And I think that's part of what made Arthur successful as the OC in Tennessee, because the Titans were able to do that more often than not. And I think it's become, at least so far, characteristic of what nearly is first 30 games as a head coach or so. 
He is West Durham, guys, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons. He joins us on a weekly basis. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about this Ravens team. I, I'm actually happy. Okay. I, I don't want to, you know, jinx us here. It doesn't seem like we're going to see Lamar, but I'm actually happy that that's probably the case because I think he's one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the league. But they're also a team. You said they're like us. They're kind of fighting for their playoff position right now. They got to find a way mm-hmm. to win, and they're not scoring a lot of points, are they, Wes? Without no, Lamar. no, they're not scoring a lot of points. They're, I mean, they're giving up about twenty a game, which is outrageous there, and they're only scoring about twenty-two a game. Um, but they're running it like crazy people now, Carl. I mean, you know, they're they're not throwing it worth a flip. They're sixteenth in the league throwing it, but they are running it like uh, another twenty-seventh in the league throwing it. But they're madmen running it now. I mean, these are two teams that they line up. We could play this thing in about two hours and ten minutes. Um, I mean, look, J.K. Dobbins coming back into the lineup for them is a big deal. But Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator up there, is taking a lot of heat. I mean, a whole lot of heat. Um, And you can see why. I mean, all you have to do and look and you start examining it. I mean, they went and signed Deshaun Jackson for heaven's sakes, right? Um, Demarcus Robinson, yeah, we remember when Demarcus Robinson was a really good player, but you know he's got 44 catches. To me, Devin Duvernay is the one who's been the winner of all this. And look, George Godsey, the former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket, coaches the tight end, and to me, he's got the best catchers on the team in Mark Andrews and the rookie Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Mm. Um, you know, Mark Andrews got 61 catches and five touchdowns, and Isaiah Likely, who is Kyle Pitts, 2-0, if you will. I mean, he's 6'4", 240. He's got 24 catches and two touchdowns. So you can afford to run it with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill and all these guys you've got on the roster. But the reality of it is eight is the straw that stirs the drink. And if he doesn't play, your offense is going to suffer. But that's the part about Lamar Jackson. I caution all the people about how great he is. And, look, he's great. I had him in college at Louisville. He was terrific. But has Lamar Jackson played a clean season yet in the National Football League? His MVP, um, that's it. One year? That's it. One season. One, yeah. yeah. Yep. One season he played clean. And even then, though, Zeno, he was a game-time decision, I think, two weeks into that campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, or was on the injury report Friday, let's put it that way. And so, I, to me, when they don't have him on the field, Carl, it is a big damn deal. Yeah. And – the percentages prove it and the analytics prove it. And not that Tyler Huntley is a terrible player or Anthony Brown who started at Boston College and finished at Oregon's a bad guy, but they're not Lamar Jackson. And the way Lamar Jackson plays, though, he doesn't, you know, he takes all the armor off. He's out there in front of everybody playing and takes a lot of hits and, you know, and crashes his body around a little bit. And yeah, it's great when they're winning and he's healthy, but the minute he gets dinged and becomes troublesome where it's an extended type injury it can impact everything about him because this is not Trent Dilfer quarterbacking and Ray Lewis on defense anymore you know it's a completely different re-rack of what Jim Har or what uh, John Harbaugh and uh, uh, and those guys did uh, Brian Billick when he won the Super Bowl but certainly when Harbaugh took him to the Super Bowl a few years ago with Flacco Wes, staying with Lamar Jackson, Dukes and I debated this yesterday. I don't think you see Lamar until the playoffs, to be honest with you. For a guy who's going into a contract here and is likely going to get a franchise tag, what real incentive does he have to go risk any further injury at this point in time? Play for well, the teammates. Well, true, absolutely. But he's also saved his agent fee because mom's the agent. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I don't disagree with that, Mark. Um, 
And I think ultimately, and look, we've been fortunate, all of us have, to cover pro sports, right? And at least for the time being, here's the difference between the college game and the pro game. The pride and the togetherness of that locker room in the college game is totally different than the business end of that locker room in the pro game, right? Yeah. And guys in that locker room know, well, hey, my man is sitting over there and he is a major commodity. And if he doesn't want to go till the postseason, then it's our job to get the team to the postseason securely and safely and then allow him to come back. That may be the case in Baltimore. It may be the case for sure. Um, and I, but I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And it also wouldn't surprise me because I think everybody there, Roman included probably to the angst of Ravens fans, John Harbaugh probably has a runway where he could do that. And if he can do that, given kind of where their front office is and everything, why not? I think Steve Bashotti's a John Harbaugh guy. He's certainly not anti his coach, the owner of the Ravens. So why not go ahead and let, you know, J- Jackson take these next three weeks and be 100% and the tank full when the Ravens go to the postseason? Because I, I think we can look on paper and see who they are defensively and, and kind of look at and look at the trade they made for Roquan Smith. A team who wants to go to the playoffs doesn't make that. It goes ahead and makes that kind of trade. They don't back off that, right? So, yeah, I can see them certainly shelving him for the next three weeks and then playing him in the postseason. Absolutely. Wes, last thing before we let you go. Wes Durham, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons. Coach coming up at the top of the hour, guys, Arthur Smith, for his weekly visit with us here on Dukes and Bell. Um, where are you leaning right now? We'll talk more next week about this as we get closer to the national semifinal games. Are you leaning, okay. are you leaning Georgia, Ohio State? Do they concern you? And in Michigan's situation, you know, I, I, don't, I just think people are sleeping on TCU. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I'm not there yet. But I know how good and how challenged they've been this season. Uh, I'm certainly leaning Georgia because I, I think, you know, Travion Williams, not Travion Henderson not playing is a big deal, yeah. right? Running back. Um. And C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud will have to be electric without Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, look, don't get me wrong, Marvin Harrison, that's another deal altogether, okay? Yeah. That guy's a playmaker. But I think Georgia just has enough weapons. And, and Carl, I, I think we talked about this back in September. They didn't have to be a generational defense like they were a year ago, but Georgia just has to maintain that kind of temperament on defense, and they've done that, Right. And I think that's a tribute to Kirby and those guys and the kind of system they put together. And then, you know, Bennett is, you know, one of the terrific college quarterbacks of the last decade easily. Um, and I think Georgia has just more weapons right now than Ohio State. But I'll tell you this now, the Buckeye fan base will march in this town like nobody's business. Oh, they're Ooh, coming. Now. They're coming. <laughs> oh, well, man, they're coming now. I mean, get Chuckery and line them up. Let's go. They're coming. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing I like about Michigan. Nobody wants to talk about, you know, Blake Corm's injury, one thing. Donovan Edwards was sensational. C.J. Stokes is a true freshman who I think is really good at Michigan. Johnson is a good rod receiver. I, you know, in all honesty, Cade McNamara, uh, I think he's a good quarterback, right? I think he's good, not great. I think he's got guys to throw it to. But they got more guys on defense than people realize. Yep. I think they will smother TCU. I think they are terrific on defense. I said the I think, same in thing. Fact, I think the best two teams left are Georgia and Michigan because of who they are defensively. And I'll caution Georgia fans to this. The Michigan team you beat last year like a snare drum in the yep. Orange Bowl is not the Michigan team. I said the same thing earlier. It's definitely not. I, the, the TCU matchup for me, Wes, the Michigan offensive line averages 308 pounds. There's only one dude on TCU's entire front seven that weighs over 270. They're going to get pushed around. They're going to get pushed around for four quarters. 
Yeah, they're really good. Olo Timmy, the kid who transferred from Virginia to play center there, is um, there's a reason they won the Joe Moore Award again. Yep. I mean, they are really. I mean, Carl, I think you and I could get three behind them guys. Yeah, three, three in a three in a cloud of dust. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.